Hey there, and welcome back to another happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm definitely, um, it might be 11 o'clock, but we're definitely already sitting on some beverageinos. I'm Samantha Marks, your host, joined today by my co-host, Travis Fulton, uh, the Stripe Show podcast personality, head personality. Travis, we had to get on and talk about the Masters. I'm decked out in Masters gear. I see that. Um, how are you? It's an exciting week. I'm I'm good. Um, I'm watching it right now, actually, on my app. I have it right below. And uh, Justin Rose makes another bogey, so he's minus six now. Burn Weesberger is four under. What a day. Uh, Wait, what was having. that? That's Weesberger, who Got I, of it. course, picked, you know, last week on cash out as a wild card top 20. And he didn't even make the cut, but here he is now, second place, playing well here. At the Masters, so we've got a couple, got some international flavor up there. Rose, Weisberger, Leishman, Matsuyama, Hatton. Come on, Americans. Let's uh, let's pick it up here a little bit here at Augusta. Let me ask you about this hat here. This is, uh, that's some pretty sporty hat. I also saw some pretty cool stuff that uh, you uh, tweeted out the other day. Let me tell you what, this hat, um, many people want it. And I will tell you that when I was at Augusta Monday and Tuesday of this week, it sold out. They ran out of them before noon on Monday. So I wow. knew when I saw somebody with it, had to have it. It's got all of the um, patches on it, not year specific, just different patches. Um, and a lot of a lot of the merchandise at the Masters only says Masters. Not much of it says Augusta National. Mm. So this hat says Augusta National three times. So had to have it. Had to have um, it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely maxed out the uh, the merchandise building, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything, it was so much fun up there. I went once in 2010, um, but I was, what, 15, so I don't really remember anything. Um, it was fun to go with my boyfriend and my parents, both of their first times. So amazing experience, beautiful weather, um, firm and fast. I was going to add that I became friends on Twitter with an agronomist at Augusta. Oh, wow. Um, I met up with him on, uh, on Tuesday and it was funny. We, you know, we were walking around, he was showing me, telling me some, you know, cool inside stuff about Augusta. And, and he said, you know, this is the firmest and fastest we've seen it in a long time. Like, I don't know if the greens are going to make it all weekend if it wow. doesn't rain. So just a testament to, you know, everybody's talking, talking about the greens and the color of the greens. They're aware. Um, they, they're <laughs> yeah. fully aware what's happening um but it, it they've obviously put a lot of work into it but it was awesome to see in person. well it's a quick turnaround too i'm sure i don't know i'm not an agronomist and but the stress of the greens and you know turning them around from november now to april that's very quick half the time they usually have but yeah i mean i've never seen the greens look like this you had augusta you know brown i mean they they're smooth obviously very fast <laughs> but you know, they, they might be anticipating a little bit of rain, which they might get here this afternoon and then into Saturday. I got I got to ask you, though, before we we get too far into the tournament, was Connor just walking around like, oh, my God, what where am I right now? This is amazing. Was he just was he just going crazy? Yeah, it was such a shock and such a surprise that I somehow was able to pull off for him. And a few times we kind of just looked at each other and we were like, this is insane. You know, like we're actually here doing this right now together. Um, my parents were there, like I said, so it was just a great kind of all time experience. And then to come back and, and watch it on TV and be like, I was right there. I was sitting yeah. right there. 
here. Um, so that was the cool part for sure. But it was incredible. And like you said, though, the greens, yeah, they look brown, but I'm telling you, they're pure and they're rolling oh, yeah. great. So yeah, it's it's just an aesthetic thing. Obviously, we we want Augusta to be green and perfect, but they're they're rolling nice. Oh yeah, they're fast. And there's been a um, there's breaking news right now happening at Augusta. Let me be the first here to throw it out there. Hold number six, Justin Rose putted it up the hill, came right back to him. Just did it again. Now he's got about seven feet for bogey here on six, four, five, and six. The pin pick, the pin placements on four, five, and six are brutal. I mean, brutal. You know, you don't see on tour a lot of the double tier kinds of putts and pitches like every once in a while. Right. But here you at Augusta, you, you, you get it. It seems like a fair amount, especially in the front nine. Um, these pins <laughs> four, five, and six, you really get it like three times in a row where you're putting from one level up to the next level. And then if you go past that, then it goes back off the other side. Francisco Molinari just did that about 30 minutes ago. He pitched it back up over the other side. So um, yeah, it's playing, it's playing tough firm and fast, but the fairways are pretty soft. You'll notice the ball's not rolling a lot. I think this is Augusta's way of saying, look, yeah, bring that distance here and we'll show you what's up, right? The ball's not going to run. And then you better manage your second shots into the green. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of things changing right now with Rose here putting for bogey. And uh, I'm glad you got to go because when you go to Augusta, there's two things that always jump out to me. One is, Obviously, the hills, that's well noted, up and down, very hilly. Uh, but the greens, you know, they, they look, they do such a good job at the presentation of the course, right, on TV. And it looks very grand, like 18. But the green is not that big. Like, you look at 18, and you stand there behind, you're looking down, you're like, that's 18? Like, that's how big it is? You know, so it's just amazing what TV does to the size of the greens. And you really have to be there to appreciate just how damn good they are to get the ball into these corners of these grains. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what I was about to say is like most courses obviously are set up hard for the PGA tour, but this, I feel like you at Augusta, you literally have a washcloth to land it on. And some mm -hmm. of those, some of those pins, pins are, you've got five feet on either side until you're on the next level. I mean, it's insane. And so not all, and it's not like they can spin the ball very much when it lands. So it's like, yeah. it's kind of playing, uh, just playing for what, what shot you have and trying to get up and down strokes gained approach, obviously very important here. And like you said, distance is, is not as important as it is to just get it in the middle of the green, which then you can still three putt. I don't know. I was, I agree though. The greens were so small in comparison to what, to mm -hmm. what I was used to seeing on TV um, and the Hills. I mean, I walked out there for two days and I was like, yep, not leaving my couch for a week. Right. Like I'm so much, you're so tired. Um, so I don't know how, how these guys do it. Another bogey for Rose and he's down to five under. So <clears throat> things are tightening up here. Um, at the master. It's going to be interesting to see here as you look at the leaderboard. Um, you know, Matsuyama had a good day. How does he hold up? We know his putting can be a little suspect. Terrell Hatton is definitely having his best go at, at the masters. I think probably the most impressive to me was Will's outdoors yesterday. I mean, first time seeing the course like this kid goes out and shoots 70. I mean, he's just special. I mean, he is special what he's doing his rookie season 
seeing these courses for the first time, top 20 machine, um, you know, is he going to hold up? Who knows? But just the fact that he goes out there yesterday and fires another two under, I mean, he's just, uh, he's a really special player and he's going to win on the PGA tour. What, what stood out to you yesterday? Anybody, any rounds that you felt like were, wow, that was obviously Rose, but anybody else jump out of you? I was going to say the same about Zalatoris. We actually watched him on 16. We were watching some, um, some of the skipped balls over the water and Zalatoris came through with his caddy and, and it was refreshing to see, um, one of the younger guys go at it with a little bit more of a feel take. Mm. Like I could tell that, you know, you watch the guys like, um, Reed and Rose and all of them come through and they're writing stuff down. And yes, that's important. I'm sure Zalatoris does it too, but he was just out there rolling putts in mm-hmm. every direction on the green and just kind of looking at him and feeling it. And I think that that's an advantage that the younger guys, um, have is that sense of freedom. And I think that that's kind of what I saw in the, in the five minutes that I was watching him on 16, um, on Monday, but I really was impressed with Reed's round. I was impressed with Spieth, the way he came back yesterday. Um, I, I mean, at the beginning of the day, I would have thought maybe nobody could catch Rose, but I mean, now it's looking like that gap is tightened. Yeah, it has. It's uh, yeah. The things are going to tighten up here. I mean, it's like, wow, he's got a four shot lead, you know, is he going to hold? I mean, we have three more rounds to go. I mean, let's, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Justin Rose hasn't shown great form um, really much at all um, as of late. And, you know, for him to come in and fire that was, I think, a little bit um, out of the blue. So we have to take that all of it into consideration here. You know, he's not the kind of guy that I think is just going to run away and lap the field. And he's already come back here with a couple bogeys. Um, Spieth got a good break, 13 or 15 rather. Um, that ball was was moving. <laughs> and if it doesn't hit the flag, it goes in, in the water. So it does. He makes eagle. Um, so it just kind of makes you think that the Spieth train is still rolling. Obviously, he's continuing to play some good golf. Uh, I think Justin Thomas did a good job getting in at – one over yesterday. Um, you know, that's that round with Thomas where he seems not to make anything could have easily bubbled up to three or four over. Um, I think that one over was key for him yesterday. Look for him to shoot a good one, maybe today, make the cut. And then here he comes on the weekend, which we've seen so many times. I still like my pick. Um, John Rom gave one away late shot even, but he looked good. You know, I think John Rom, these kinds of conditions, Let's let's see a one or two under today. Get ourselves in position. I, I'm I'm still going with my boy there, uh, the Spaniard. I like Rom too, and I think you know back to your point before. It's interesting how you know Spieth gets that break on 15, and then you got Fleetwood making a hole in one. And I think it's just it's just kind of talking about um, that one shot that keeps us coming back as golfers, right? Yeah. Tommy Fleetwood <laughs> posted on Instagram last night, his hole in one saying like he's his catch in with something like just when you're about to lose it, cause you can't hit any good shots. Like then something happens and that's, you know, that's golf. So I think that's, that's so true for us as amateurs, you know, we stick around for that one great shot we remember. And it's just obviously very true for the pros too. And I think that that's something that can just keep them rolling and keep people in a good, good spirit and good momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this, as I scroll down the leaderboard, there there's, I'm going to go three names. The first two, I was a little bit, um, I was surprised. Obviously Bryson plus four, um, was a little bit 
alarming. Even Louie at plus four, uh, I think, was uh, kind of caught me off guard. Kucher, I'm giving you a few more names here, plus five. He was all over the map, although he's one under here today. Um, Cantley, biggest surprise to me. He he just struggled, plus seven. I mean, that's a huge number for Patrick Cantley coming in, who's been playing good. And then Abraham answer <clears throat> gets the penalty late. Here he is now two shot penalty, right? It was a two shot penalty. So he was plus one. Now he's yes. plus three. And here we are game of golf. After the fact, we see it on video, slow mission. This is after the fact, this is not during the course of the run. After the fact, we see the, the head just, just barely. I mean, Barely flicked the top of the sand, right? I mean, there's no way he felt that. There's no way. Um, this is not a Patrick Reed situation where he's hammering the, you know, I mean, that was obvious. But just barely skims it, hits it. They come after him and says, look, here's the evidence. We you touch the sand by a fraction and we got to penalize it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I think it's horrible optics for the game. Um, I just... I just wish it would go away. This after the fact, just little tacky fouls because we saw it in really slow motion video. It just it doesn't have a place in the game for me. What do you, what do you say? I agree with you, and I think that if we're going to do it, we need to do it to everyone on yes. every shot. Like I think there just be some some kind of uniformity. If we're going to zoom in on a, every single player's shot, so it's this bit of the TV screen, then we need to do that for every single shot of every single guy. And and there needs to be some kind of time limit, right? Like there needs to be, because back when back when in tournament play for me, when you tee off on the next hole, that's it. Like you can't then bring up things from the last hole, and I don't feel like that's fair. That's it's not fair to bring things mm-hmm. up after the round and. and screw him over. And when I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong that he touched the sand. I understand that's a violation. Um, that's not my point. My point is yeah. that it needs to be a uniform, whatever we're doing, we need to do it to everyone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You have to enforce it consistently. There has to be cameras on every shot. There has to be someone looking at every single shot. I mean, do we really want to go down that path? No, I, I don't think we do. And something as insignificant as what answer was penalized for for two shots. It just makes no sense. At some point, common sense to me has to come in here a little bit. Like what is, you know, what's the common sense here in the optics of it? And we know Augusta <clears throat> is all about the optics. I mean, we know they're, they're all about that. I mean, one of the reasons why the fairways are soft and the greens are firm and fast, in my opinion is well, long hitter, no roll. They're going to be hitting eight and seven iron into it and not sand wedge because the roll ball is going to be rolling out so much. So it just, just kind of just, it just really rubs me the wrong way that answer has to swallow that after the fact. And we've seen it in the past too, on the PGA tour where a guy gets, because the camera's on him more than the others, you know, that he's probably going to be enforced more by the, by the rules and the person that, that that's not in front of the camera. So anyway, that's that little note. Little note about that specific thing you just said. When we played um, with Joel Damon back at the Winter Park Nine Skins game, this is a funny story he told us. They were he was out at Bay Hill, and I guess it was like an early practice round on Monday or Tuesday. And he's Joel has his shirt untucked, and like he was going to the range. He wasn't like in a play like that, but he just hadn't tucked his shirt in yet. And Bryson said something to him like, "Oh, you just gonna not tuck your shirt in?" Like jokingly as a friend. 
And, um, and Joel was like, yeah, like what I'm, I'm getting to it. What do you mean? And Bryson's like, they would have fined me like the second I walk out the door because the cameras mm-hmm. are always on me. And so Joel, Joel and I were talking about how that's, that's true for everything. It's not just for, um, you know, the shots where one grain of sand moves. It's true for, you know, watching Tiger Woods get out of his car. Like we're not watching, we're yeah. not watching, um, Will Zalatoris get out of his car and walk to the tee. So it's just, it's very different depending on, on your, your state of, of the game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, those things off the course, you know, I, I understand like Tigers, Bryson, Phil, DJ, you know, they, they live a different life, right. In a different world. And, and there's things that are not fair because of their stature. You know, I get that it comes with the territory. But in the course of a round and filming a shot and then after the fact coming into someone and saying, look, we're going to penalize you two strokes because the, this pebble of sand moved a quarter inch. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's bad optics. It, it, it just, there's no common sense to that. So um, I don't know. I don't know where it takes us um, from that standpoint, but I do know, as you mentioned, Bryson, uh, this golf course, not exactly a par 67 uh, for him. You know, I think uh, Bryson... I- as confident as he is, he might want to um, back it up just a little bit. He seems to be getting out over his skis a little too much. He looked a little frustrated yesterday. He, um, I think, I think there's a bit of embarrassment, you know, kind of setting in for him for talking this much crap and not being able to back it up because he has been able to back it up in the past. And I think that Augusta is just, you know, showing its teeth to Bryson and he's, and he's getting frustrated, but I, I do think it's funny. I saw several tweets yesterday saying like to Bryson standards, he's 10 over par. And it's just so funny the way, the way that he talks in his press conference about the lines he's going to take and the shots he's going to hit. And then, you know, he doesn't execute. So I don't know. Yeah. He's just, he's not taking care of the par fives. I mean, with his length yesterday, he played the par fives even. And then today he just parred two. So he's got five par fives and he's played them even. And when you're hitting at 300, you know, you have all this distance um, and you're flexing, you know, that's, that's where you got to take advantage and, and he's not. So, you know, he gets out over his skis a little too much. He's entertaining. He's fun. I love what he's doing, but I think he needs to back the train up just a little bit. It seems like, you know, perhaps, Obviously, there's got to be the play mode. I don't know what this driver thing, like, you know, it, it was then I'm going to go to this inch long driver, the extra length. And then now there's this new driver this week. And it's just like, you know, God, let's get, let's get, you know, let, let's, let's get dialed in on, on, on your gamer here, right? At this point. And, and let's build some familiarity yeah. um, with the gamer. It just always seems like the driver's in flux and, and, and it hurt him yesterday. So, I don't know. You know, the, the tinkering is, is fun. It's interesting. The always the seek for perfection. You're not going to criticize that too much, but I do think at times you're going to get in your own way probably um, when you do that. And I, this driver is like, put it to rest. Let's go get your gamer and quit tinkering. Let's play golf. I was just about to use the word tinker before you did. And I think that that can definitely be a positive and a negative thing. And I think that, you know, there's people like, like Adam Scott, who's a tinkerer on the putting greens, right. With his putter all the time, changing putters, changing grips, changing whatever. And I think, you know, if you get comfortable over something, why wouldn't you just stick with it? 
Um, so I think it's it's interesting watching Bryson every single press conference coming out with saying he's trying something new. It's it's like, bro, just I, I had the same putter for 10 years. Like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you brought up consistency. I mean, you think about Sean Foley and 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 Justin Rose, Rose leading the event. And those two were a great team. I mean, they were made for each other. Justin's kind of a technical player. Sean, I think, is a bit of a technical teacher, although I think he is a great coach too. Um, but he can have the conversation. I guess my, let me rephrase that. Sean can have the conversation with a technical player, right? I think mm-hmm. there's certain coaches that can have that intellect, you know, that conversation with the player that, want, that wants to go that deep. And, and Sean can do that. Um, but they split um, after COVID when Justin was down in the Bahamas and was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm cool. I'm going to do this. I'm alone. Well, he wasn't cool. You know, he, he struggled. And I told you, and I've said it many times in the podcast, I thought Justin kind of went down a weird path there a little bit with, you know, he was on as many commercials as Fowler for crying out loud. Um, Switch his equipment, no coach. It's like, wow. Like what's going on here? You know, like this doesn't seem like Justin Rose. Now he's kind of takes back to, Terry May driver. Here he is with Foley now, like back to the basics, kind of like check your grip, check your posture, check, you know, just, you don't, it's not always greener on the other side. Like, what are you trying to do here? And I think he's made some good decisions as of late and he's obviously um, has found some form, but it is amazing how you kind of, these players, they seem to think they have to do something different. And, and when what they're doing is good enough. And I think what Justin was doing, was good enough. What do you think? I agree. And I think that brings up, you know, something my mom always told me growing up is the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. And if he would have, you know, watered that relationship with, with Foley and told Foley what he needed and how he needed, you know, to change some things and, and do things differently. Like you said, Foley's a great instructor who, when you look at them, the difference in the players that he has, he's very good at catering to any single type of game, which is clear evidence just by the list of players that he works with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for Bryson. Like it's, it's not greener with a new driver. It's, you know, the grass is greener with the driver that you perfect it with. I don't care if it's a 10 year old titleist driver. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. you see people all the time. They, they have a four iron in their bag that they've had since high school. Like, cool. You don't need to go to the new cool hybrid if that's what works for you. So I, I agree with you. I think it's just, it's a matter of consistency and, <laughs> and uh, doing what works. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's fascinating really the, how the tour works and the players need to protect their ego. And then the role of a caddy and a coach, a trainer, you know, just how all of those things work. And then life, you put life on top of that. Um, it's inevitable that change is going to happen. I think it's inevitable. It's human nature for tour players to seek and try and find what is that over there? Maybe I should be doing that or maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Right. And how just this ebb and flow, you know, and timing I think is important. Um, when you get into new types of partnerships and relationships, I think the McElroy Cowan relationships, interesting, all of a sudden you think like Rory's just going to turn it on. No, it don't work that way. Like there's Rory's working himself out of this swing funk. You can still see it. He's a mess right now. He was a mess yesterday. So, you know, it takes time to come out of that, but is the timing right? Where they work well together? You know, I don't know. Seems to maybe they've, they've known each other 
but you really don't know. But I do know that the Foley Rose combo was a really good one. So I'm glad to see them back together because I think they're made for each other. And I think Rose uh, will continue to move the needle forward with good play. Even if he doesn't hold on and win the masters, I think it's, it just feels right with those two together. Let me ask you this back to Augusta, your, your uh, trip. What did you, so you, you went to the, you went, you obviously got a lot of stuff there. You got shirts and hats and, and we did this big giveaway on Travis Fulton golf, which is amazing. Go check it out. But you had 10 bucks. You went to the concession and all these cool little things in there, right? Dollar 50 sandwich, domestic beer. What are we, what are we spending the 10 bucks on? So my $10, very easy for me. We are going to go craft beer, which is called the Crow's Nest at Augusta. It's a wheat beer with a little bit of citrus hint. It's like a blue moon, but a little bit more citrusy. Very good. Mm. We're going to go one Crow's Nest at $5. We're going to go a Diet Coke in the other hand at $2. We're at $7. Then we're going to go egg salad sandwich at $150 and chips for $150, right at $10. bucks. Okay. So the chips are 150. I thought they were a dollar. They bumped those. They are 150. Yep. Okay. Yep. How about what's your 10 bucks? Oh, well, let's see. I, I'm probably more domestic in the beer. So I'll go four dollar domestic. Um, I, I like to go one pimento and one egg. So that's okay. seven dollars. And then I do like the ice cream sandwich a lot. So that's two dollars. So I have one dollar left, right? I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. Nothing's at all. Put it in is your it? pocket. I'll probably just keep. Well, can I give it to them? Do they take tips? They do not. They do not. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll just keep the dollar. But I, the pimento sandwich is is a must. Like that that's a must. I think on the Augusta grounds. Well, so which one did you go to? Did you go to the one back back there by eleven? Like that little area back behind our twelve T. Um, cause that area is awesome. Behind twelve T thirteen, there's a cool little you know concession area there is that where you guys uh, congregated or where else yeah, we spent a lot of time on amen corner mostly because it was it was awesome because no one was there so it yeah. was there was a ton of open space we could take a bunch of pictures with the camera um we went to the concession right there by the entrance and then the one on amen corner which i the first one i had the first sandwich i had was pimento cheese and i switched to egg salad but i will tell you the barbecue sandwich was really? incredible. Um, okay. so those were the three, yeah, those were the three that I rotated through. Um, and then I heard the chicken sandwich was good too, but I didn't get to that. Okay. Well, it's quite the experience. Um, it really is. I can only imagine, you know, going this year when there's hardly anybody there, what an experience. I mean, you have Augusta national as your playground and you can just move around how you want. You guys are lucky that you made it, uh, up was, there this year especially because there were no grandstands either so it was super wide open um just so many places like you could you could get within five feet of of anyone you wanted it was mm -hmm. it was really awesome and uh, definitely the best year we could have we could have been blessed with tickets so definitely definitely lucky well we've got a lot of golf ahead and justin rose is figuring that out right now because he's now down to minus four He's made three bogeys in the first six holes. I'm sorry, first seven holes. We have a tournament, ladies and gentlemen. The Masters is just getting started. This golf course is firm and fast. I'm hoping there's no rain. 
And as you see the leaderboard right now, like there's going to be a lot of movement. Spieth is going to be there. I think, um, I think Rom, uh, is going to be there. I'd be surprised if Matsuyama hangs on. Um, I'd be surprised if Weisberger hangs on. I think the interesting name there for me is, is Harmon. And because Harmon's been playing such great golf, Ryan Harmon, he played phenomenal at the match play. I mean, phenomenal. And I was texting with his coach, Justin Parsons, and he said, he's just dialed. I mean, he's just confident dialed. Everything is full system. Go. Well, Georgia Bulldog, he just seems like he's going to kind of hang to me. You know what, what, uh, as you look at that leaderboard, give me, give me that name or two that you think's going to, going to maybe put on that green jacket. I think, um, I think Thomas is going to go low today okay. and I think Spieth is going to go low today. Well, he's off and, and running. I think they're both going to be, I think they're both going to be on that front page by the end of the day. Would you rather play a round of golf with Patrick Cantlay or Hideki Matsuyama? Oh, Hideki for sure. <laughs> I feel like Hideki is low key. Really fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he knows English. Like, I feel like you could low key. That's okay. I feel like you could really shoot the shit with Hideki's translator. <laughs> Cut this one as the rip, will you? This is this is <laughs> this is the rip. Have you seen Vernon's? Oh have God. you seen Have you seen Vernon's uh, updates? Chris Vernon, the, the the one yesterday. I've got I his uh, got a shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Go check it out. Masters update, Chris Vernon. Um, just phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal stuff. And well. My eyes are being drawn to the tournament here, so it's probably time to get off. It's probably time to watch the Masters, have a couple coldies. Um, Samantha, great job all week. And, man, we've got a busy week next week. Big lineup coming up um, next week. Gravy and the Sleaze, you might hear them on the, um, on the radio, PG Tour XM. they got their podcast. Uh, really, really good guys. They're taking off. I'm going to interview them next week. So they're going to be sitting down, and I'm going to interview them so you're not going to want to miss that. We've got a big show with the matchup and cash out with the coaches. If I can get John Rom to win this thing, then I'm going to get myself a nice little uh, steak Sunday night because that'll be a nice little payday. Yeah. And don't forget everyone. We've got giveaways running on Travis's page, on my page, on sports pub, lots of chances for you to win some really cool master stuff. So don't miss that either. All right. That's it. Tell Connor. Hi. Enjoy the weekend. I will and- see you. And we'll be in Happy touch. Here's, Cant- weekend. Cheers. Here's, here's Cantley right now. Second shot on the fifth. He doesn't like it. Man, he's struggling. See ya. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.